truth. Bring the word back to our remembrance. Thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. That shackles was getting good and it went off. <laughs> we have been talking about the elders of the church. And last week we went over um, the elders in the Old Testament. And, and the reason why I'm going over it again is because um, when I go into the New Testament, you're going to know what I'm saying concerning the elders. In the Old Testament, um, in Numbers chapter 11... Um, verses 16 through 17, this was the Lord talking to Moses and he was telling Moses, I'm going to read it. The Lord says to Moses, bring, gather for me 70 um, of Israel elders, men that you know are leaders among the people. Bring them to the uh, meeting tent and have them stand there with you. And he said, I will come down and speak with you. There I will take some of the spirit that enables Moses to do his work that's in you and I would give it or put it upon them so what God was doing Moses began to have a burden upon him the people began to complain and as they began to complain their complaining bothered Moses and he felt the burden of the people he um, heard them in their tents crying because the manna was not good enough they wanted flesh to eat have y'all ever cried because you wanted a steak and couldn't have nothing but a hot dog. Sometimes we do wine on the inside, right? When we want what we want, and at the time our money can't afford to get us that, so we just take the hot dog. So Moses felt bad for the people, and he began to talk to God about it. So God knew that it was a burden from, for Moses. So what God did, he took and put the spirit that was upon Moses to lead those people upon the men that were chosen that were able to uh, bear that burden with Moses. So the reason why I use that scripture is because you have to have people to lead you. A church just don't run itself. We know that the foundation is Jesus Christ, but he always have someone to preside over that congregation. And it's not man's choice, it is God's choice. So God told Moses what he would, what he would want him to do. And in Numbers 27, it was the same thing. Moses was um, going to leave the people, and he knew he was going to leave the people. He was not going into the promised land with the people, so he was asking God to put someone over the people. So God told him who to put over the people, which was Joshua. Who made the decision? God made the decision, and Moses carried the decision out that God made. That's in Numbers 27, verses 15 through 23. And then we look at Exodus 3, um, chapter 3, 16 through 18. It talks about how God told Moses to go to the elders and um, speak unto the elders so all of them can go to Pharaoh. So we see that there were elders and these elders, they were um, like rulers. Um, they were like older men that had wisdom. And when I say older men, it's not necessarily that they had to be 80 or 90 years old. They could have been. But sometimes you can look at older men, maybe in their um, 40s or whatever. They're mature. So they knew which ones were mature amongst them. 
So God told him to go to the elders. So there were elders, there were older men that were over these different um, groups of people. That's who Moses had to go to first. So when you look at this, you see God has an order. He has a way of doing thing, things. He put people in charge that he would have to be put in charge. Exodus 18, we talked about that as well. That's when Jethro, he was a priest from Midia. He saw um, everything that Moses was doing with the people. He said it was too much. So he told him to listen to him because he was giving him wisdom from God, telling him what to do um, concerning the people that was up under him. And Moses listened to him and got men, but it was qualification for these men. You just don't put people in, in charge just because they say they know the Bible. People can know it in their head, but it ain't their, in their heart. I always tell people, people that say, oh, they know the word. Anybody can quote the word, but you got to live what you know. If a person is quoting the word all the time and they're not doing what the word of God is telling them to do, and to do, they don't know the word. If you're still lying, if you're still stealing, if you're still gossiping, you were in the word, but evidently you're not taking heed to what the word is saying because you're still doing the same thing. You have to apply the word. If you got unforgiveness in your heart and the word is telling you to forgive, Evidently, you don't know the word the way you need to know the word. Jesus is the word. And the more you come in contact with the word, you come in, in contact with him, you come in, in contact with the love of God, and you're not going to stay the same. So this is why we have to make sure that everything we do, we're doing it unto him. A leader heart should be the heart of God for the people. And this is how Moses was because Moses was bearing the burdens of the people. He really cared for those people. So he would go cry out to God about what he saw with those people. Any leader that let the people in the church do what they want, act like they want, and act like they don't care just as long as they get paid or whatever, that's not a good leader. That's not a leader after the heart of God. You're going to know good leaders because a good leader is always concerned about your well-being. A good leader will always step up to the plate when something is not right. They will address what's not right. Even if the people get mad, they don't really care about that. They love the people, but God chastises those whom he loves. So a good leader is going to make sure everything is in alignment with the way that God want to do things. So we see how elder was used. In the Old Testament, beginning with Exodus chapter 3. And when we go into the New Testament, they, they were still using that term elder because it, these were the ones that, um, you know, come out of Egypt and they were put um, in places to for the people to come to them. So when we look at Matthew 15 verse 2, it says, um, why do thy disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? See, they go to elders. They were older um, men, and they were uh, selected to sit in seats, but they were elderly men. So they had traditions. Y'all know about the traditions of the elders. They were adding to um, what was already written. So we don't want to add to what's already written, right? And we don't want to take away from what's already written. But this is what they were doing. So I gave you another scripture in Matthew 21, 23. Um, dealing with the elders. Acts 4, 5 is dealing with the elders and the teachers of the law. So where I want to go now, um, I want to deal with the term elder, pastor, um, shepherd, um, bishop, overseer. 
All of those words are the same words, but they're used interchangeably. But people take those words, um, those terms, and they try to make one bigger than the other. So let's start, first of all, with the word pastor. That's where I want to start with pastor. Now, we went over this before, that a pastor is one who tends a flock by feeding, nurturing, guarding, protecting, and guiding. In the Old Testament, there are several scriptures dealing with um, the word pastor, but I pull one out, Jeremiah 3, verse 15, it says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God said, I will give you pastors according to my heart. Everybody know the heart of God is good. The heart of God is about love. God's heart is for us. God's heart know everything that we need. So he said, I'm going to give you a pastor according to my heart. So that's where pastor is used in the scripture in there. And then when we look at, um, I'm just going to give you that one. Now I'm going to talk about Jesus as a pastor. Pastor, That's Psalms 23.1. It said, the Lord is my shepherd to feed God and shield me. I shall not lack. So when we look at shepherd there, it's just like saying pastor, because that's what a pastor does. A pastor feeds you, a pastor guides you, a pastor shields you. It's like a shepherd. That's why they use the term shepherd. Y'all know when the shepherd have the sheep, those sheep know the shepherd's voice, and no other um, shepherd would they follow except that shepherd that they know by the voice. Uh, and as I'm speaking to you, I can see that shepherd leading those sheep. And wherever that shepherd go, that's where those sheep would go. And if it was a sheep that would get out of line, he would take that rod and he would put it around that sheep's neck and, and pull that sheep back. Why? Because it's going the wrong way. They say sheep are dumb. I'm not calling you dumb. But they say sheep are dumb, so they need a shepherd to lead and guide them, protect them, and shield them. So Jesus is our what? He's our good shepherd. We can count on him to lead us, guide us, feed us, protect us. So don't you think that he's going to put the right one in the church that would do the same thing that he would do? That's why the choice is supposed to be him and whomever he's given that choice to, this is how they do it according to him, not according to how much Bible. A person can know the Bible, I mean, not even miss a word, not miss the thou's, the ye's, and all the yeas, and all of that. And it sounds good coming across the pulpit, but when their heart is not for the sheep to protect the sheep, when their heart is out for greed, for covetousness, you know, just to get money and just to have prestige for somebody to put them high up here and not even care about the sheep that's not a good pastor that's not someone after the heart of God this is why David was chosen because God really knew David's heart even though David had um, adultery even though he had all of that stuff one thing that David did he cried out to God he admitted how wrong he was so when you have a good pastor if they do falter in an area they're not ashamed to admit I was wrong in that area they're not ashamed to go to those sheep and say I messed up but because of God's mercy because of his grace because of his love I'm still here so this is what God is looking for in a shepherd and a pastor not someone that's trying to, to pretend to fake it to make it on Sundays they're this way but in their home they're another way and this is why God have even God 
for a pastor out of the church as well, out of the congregation. So we see that Jesus is a, um, as a pastor, and that's John 10, verse 2 as well. I'm giving you that too. John 10, verse 2, we're familiar with this. But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he called his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he go before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So a good shepherd, he's going to lead those sheep, he's going to guide those sheep, he know them by name. And the more you um, pastor, the more you get to know those sheep, no matter what somebody say about a sheep. That pastor is going to be there to say, nope, nope, I hear what you're saying, but nope. That pastor is going to still be loving on that sheep, caring for that sheep. Even though that sheep is out of character, it's that pastor's job to pull that sheep back in. It's that pastor's got job to love on that sheep, to let them know where they're wrong at. Now, that pastor is not going to force a sheep to do anything. Because all of us still have a will. But that pastor is going to care for that sheep at the point that sheep going to know. If nobody want to have anything to do with me, the pastor will be there for me. So we're supposed to show that love of God. And he's called the great shepherd. In Hebrews 13, um, chapter 13, verse 20, it says. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace... That brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So he's called the great shepherd. So you, you may hear that word, the great shepherd. But this is referring to Jesus as being the great shepherd. Here go one we're familiar with, the chief shepherd. <laughs> chief pastor. First uh, Peter 5 verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear... You shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So we see that Jesus is known as the shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, a pastor. So these words are used interchangeably. But like I said, people take it out of order because they want to be up here. They want to be exalted. So they will use words interchangeably. But just because they do we have to know the difference when people are saying um, these different terms. Um, here go another one for Jesus. Shepherd and bishop of our souls. First Peter 2.25. Let's read that one. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Bishop mean overseer there. But they use the term bishop. That mean that Jesus oversee. That means that he um, was given that authority to oversee us. He's the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. They go two terms, shepherd and bishop. It can be pastor, overseer, bishop. So those terms are used interchangeably. And if you go in other um, Bibles, some of them break them down as overseer. It's according how they break the word down, but it's the same meaning but it's a different Greek word. So that's why you have to look up in the Greek. And then now let's talk about elder. We're coming back to elder. And I want to show you in the New Testament. Remember, I was showing you how it was elders um, dealing with the chief priests. That mean chief mean that that was the top dog right there. The chief 
We're going to look at the chief priests and we're going to look at the elders amongst the people. So there were ranks. There were different ranks. But when we get to Acts 11, things begin to change. When the word elder is used here, I'm going to give you this in Acts 11, 27 through 30. I'm reading out of the Amplified. And this is what was going on. And during these days, prophets, inspired teachers, and interpreters of the divine will and purpose came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and prophesied through the Holy Spirit that a great and severe famine would come upon the whole world. And this did occur during the reign of Claudius. So the disciples resolved to send relief, each according to his individual ability, to the brethren who lived in Judea. And so they did, sending their contributions, listen who they sent it to, to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So there were elders that they sent their contributions to. So there was elders in those churches that had to receive those contributions. When you look at that word elder there, it means, I want to make sure I give you the right definition. It's not a novice, y'all. But what this elder is, it is a presiding officer, a manager, director of any assembly. So when you look at elder there, it's somebody that's over that assembly, over that church. That's what that, this is where it began to show you how these elders were put in place over a church. So they had to have somebody there to give that money to. It didn't say they it, it put it in the hands of the deacons, did it? It said they put it in the hands of the elders. So it was more than one elder, but it was different churches at that time. So that's what, where they gave the money to, to the elders. When you see presiding elder, that's one that has authority over that church. A presiding elder is one that have authority over that church. So you're going to hear sometime presiding elder, um, uh, presiding bishop. You're going to hear these different terms, but it's still pastor. It's still overseer. It's still what it is. But people use those terms because it's things that people have set up in church to let people know, I'm the top chief up in here. So you got to come through the presiding bishop over these 250 churches. We have a presiding bishop that presides over these churches to make sure that everything is in a... in in alignment with their guidelines, with their rules, how they set up things. We want to do it according to the way the word of God tell us to do it. Not the, the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. So they set up a presiding bishop. So that presiding bishop would go to all of these churches to make sure that according to their doctrine, what they laid out is what they have to go by. They're making sure all of those churches, if they're telling you to wear this on your head, I'm just using as an example, if they're telling you to dress cold in that church, when they come in that church and that presiding bishop come up in there, oh, hell, presiding bishop. He's going to look around in that church and say, out of order. Why are these women dressed in this manner? They're going to make sure everything that they have in alignment is lining up according to their guidelines. And some of it they pull from the Bible, but some of it is out of content. 
but it's the way that they perceived it and it's the way that they set it up for it to be used within that congregation. So we see that elders is in Acts eleven twenty seven through 30. Then again, we're going to see elders used again in Acts 14, 21 through 23. So this is what happened. And these verses, they went, I want to get to the verse where it says, verse 22. No, I'm going to start with 21. When they had preached the good news, the gospel to that town and made disciples. Y'all, what did they do first? They preached and made what? Disciples of what? Followers of who? Of many of the people, they went back to Lystra. Lystra, is that, y'all know what I'm trying, what is that word? Yeah, and Antioch. <laughs> I say, yeah. Okay, listen what they did. Establishing and strengthening the souls and the hearts of the disciples. Who were they doing? They were strengthening the souls and the hearts of the disciples, urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith. And telling them that it is through many hardships and tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So they were, what, encouraging them, right, those disciples. But guess what they did? And when they had appointed, ordained means to appoint. Y'all hear me? Ordained means to appoint. And then it say, and ordained elders for them in each church. Y'all get it? So it was more than one church. So they appointed elders in each church with prayer and fasting. Why did they do that? Why did they go into prayer and fasting to appoint these elders? Because they had to hear from God. They had many disciples. Is it not starting over like Jesus did? They had many disciples, but what did they have to do? They had to go into prayer and say, out of these disciples, who do we put in charge of these churches? Isn't that awesome? And then they said, um, they could, and prayer and fasting, and they committed them to the Lord in whom they had come to believe, being full of joy, trusted that he's the Christ, the Messiah. When it means that they committed them to the Lord, guess what? They were turning them over. They were saying, okay, you believe in him. We appoint you as elders over these churches, so you're going to go up under everything that you believe according to what that foundation is. Because they already trained them. They were disciples. They knew the foundation of Jesus Christ. So they said, this is how you're going to run this church according to this foundation. They selected that elder. That means that was a pastor. That's a pastor. Elder is a pastor. You know how so many churches are saying, we have pastors, we have elders, we have bishops. You have pastors. If you want to call them bishops, call all of them bishops. If you want to call all of them pastors, call all of them pastors. If you want to call all of them elders, so be it. But it's still the same word. It's just used in a different way. So this is why you see all this in these churches is because they're saying the elder is under the pastor. The pastor is over the elder, but the bishop is over the pastor and the elder. That's why they use it. But it's the same word. Go in your um, Bible, look it up in Greek, and it's the same word, but the Greek word is different. But it's the same meaning. So this is what they did. They appointed them, and guess what? They left them to them, themselves in those churches 
with the same doctrine that they were taught from these apostles. The reason why Paul went back and was checking these um, churches is because he was making sure that the foundation that was laid, that was bought to these churches, was the same foundation that they were going upon. This is why in that church of Corinth, do you remember Paul said, I don't even have to be there because I already know what's supposed to be done. And this is what I hear, but I'm not judging in the natural. Really, I'm judging in the spirit to know what you should have done to this man. Because that's not how we're supposed to run the, the church. So Paul knew already because he had laid the foundation. He was doing things the way God wanted them to be done. But in, in the natural world, in the churches, people let people come in here and bring the world into the church and don't, Sit them down. If anybody want to sleep around, sleep around as long as you do what you're supposed to do on Sunday. <laughs> That's not how it's supposed to work. And so Paul knew things were not in alignment. So he sent a letter to that church to say, you out of alignment. This is what you need to do. Because that was not the foundation that was laid. So we get to another. It's Acts 15, verse 2. Write all these down. Acts 15, verse 2. Acts 15, verse 4 and verse 6. And in these, um, in Acts 15, 2, 4, and 6, it's showing you how the elders and the apostles worked together. When they had a situation going on, they brought it to the apostles and the elders. So what was happening, there was apostles in that church, and there was elders as well. Elder here is the same thing if you want to call him pastor, if you want to call him overseer, if you want to call him a shepherd, fine, but it's the same thing. So go back and read that. You'll see how it was apostles in that church and it was elders in that church. Now let's go to 1 Peter 5, verse 1 through verse 5, and you're going to see all these words used interchangeably by Peter. Verse 1, 1 Peter 5, 1. Now, therefore, I have something to say to, I'm reading out the expanded. Now, therefore, I have something to say to exhort appeal to the elders in your group. Y'all see elders there? I also am an elder. I have seen, was a witness to Christ or the Messiah's suffering, and I was sharing the glory that would be shown, revealed to us. I beg, urge you to shepherd. Y'all see shepherd there? So we see elder, we see shepherd, means to tend to God's flock, for whom you are responsible, which is under your care. Now listen, here go another, watch over, oversee them because you want to not, them because you want to not because you are forced. So what he's saying, oversee them, not because you are forced. That is how God wants it. Do it because you are happy, eager to serve, not because you want money. Do not be like a ruler over the people. Lord, it over those, dominate those. You are responsible for or under your care, but be good examples to them. Verse 4, then when the chief shepherd, they go chief, Christ comes, you will get a glorious crown and will never lose its beauty. So y'all see how those words are used interchangeably? And then verse 5 says, in the same way, younger people should be willing to be under Older people, those are the elders. Those are the pastors that you're up under. 
And all of you should be very humble with each other. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God is against the proud, but he give grace to the humble. If you go back in there, you'll see elder, shepherd, overseer. You're going to see all those words used interchangeably. Why did Peter do that? Because it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So people need to quit trying to do bishop, pastor, elder. Then they'll get shepherd. And some of them say steward. In the word of God, it says steward. You're a steward. So we have to understand that when you see these words and how people are using them, some of them use them out of content because they want people to see them more important than anybody else. But he's the chief shepherd. He's the bishop of our soul. He's the overseer. So when we see him, we will know how to see ourselves, right? So we know how he brought it. He's the good shepherd. So sometimes people say, who's the shepherd of the house? People look funny like, huh? I mean, who's, who's the overseer up in here? Who, who, who's the chief? That's all that means. What, what they're doing is just like a company. When you go into a company, they have CEO, CFO, what they have, director, supervisor. It, it's up here, and then it goes down the ladder, right? So God has order when it comes to the church. So why shouldn't the church have an order? If everything else have an order, God is the creator of everything. So the way things are set up is because of his government. So when God puts someone in charge, we should respect the person that God has in charge. We should humbly submit ourselves to them. But like Peter was saying, we shouldn't dominate people. We shouldn't make people feel less. But we should um, come in and do what God is telling us to do. So all of that in 1 Peter 5 is talking about the pastor, the overseer, the shepherd, elder, all that is in first, it's the same word. So if somebody say, who's the elder in the house? <laughs> Who are you talking about, pastor? Yes. You're using the interchange. Why you don't have no elders? Why you don't have no bishops? Because we got a pastor. We still got a bishop. We got a pastor. We got an overseer. It's the same thing. But everybody have a way of breaking it down whatever church they're in. Okay, I talked about pastor um, dealing with Jesus, and let's go to bishop, overseer. But before we go there, Ephesians 4.11, y'all know that one good. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So in the book of Ephesians, Paul just said pastors, didn't he? But it's still an overseer, it's still an elder, it's still the same word. He just said pastor. Do you see how it's used interchangeably in each um, epistle? It's because that's what they chose to do, but it's the same word. It just have a different name. So let's look at bishop. Bishop means overseer. So anytime you see bishop, it's somebody that oversees. Acts twenty twenty eight. He said, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he have purchased with his own hand. So look what he said to all the flock. That's like a shepherd, right? You the shepherd, they're the flock. And then he said, the Holy Ghost, who made them overseers? The Holy Ghost. So they go overseer. Overseer there is bishop. 
to feed the church of God, which he have purchased with his own hand. So you see how overseer is saying overseer, but we know that's a pastor, that's a bishop, that's an elder. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, they say in a bishop, then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. They use the term bishop, still a pastor, still an overseer, using it interchangeably. Titus 1.7 is doing the same thing, saying bishop. So what I wanted you to see is when you hear somebody, matter of fact, um, me and my husband, um, we were down, um, I just say we were somewhere. Anyway, I don't want to say too much, but anyway, um, we were getting our oil change and we were sitting there and it was two young gentlemen and two older ladies in the room where we were sitting and the two younger gentlemen were talking about the college that they attend and the other one was saying something about, you know, they party over here at this college and the other gentleman said, oh no, you don't need that, you need Jesus. I'm like, all right now, you, you go ahead on, tell me, you need Jesus, that's what you need. So they started talking and the young guy said, he said, you know, he said, I used to be an atheist. He said, but when my dad got hurt and hurt himself and he could have died, I realized that there is a God. He said, but there are many gods, and everybody is saying this about a God, and everybody is saying that. And so the other young fellow was like, well, you know, serve the God you want to serve. I'm like, wait a minute, you're getting off track, you're getting off track. So me and my husband just looked at each other. So as we were sitting there, he said, all you need is what's sitting on that table right there. He said, oh, the magazine? He said, no. He said, that book right there. He said, this book? My husband said, no, he's talking about that Bible. He said, that's all you need right there is that Bible. All it is is Jesus. And I'm sitting there saying, tell him about Jesus. Tell him about Jesus. But what me and my husband realized was he can only tell him what he knew and where he been. He planted to the best of his knowledge. So we sitting there listening to everything. And on the inside, I said, Father, I don't want this guy to feel bad. So I don't want to interrupt him right now, but I want to add some more so he he'll know what he's talking about jesus so i said it would be nice if they call him and his car is finished next thing i know they say your car finished glory <laughs> so i sat there just as nice i said now lord how do i go in with this guy so i start talking i said what did you say you went to school so he started talking and he told me and he said now what do you do i said i'm a pastor he said <laughs> so i started talking to him and he said let me guess you are not a Baptist. I said, no, no, I'm not. So I began to explain to him from Genesis on the word of God. And we just talking. So as I was talking to him, another young girl walked in and she sat down and I was telling about the goodness of Jesus lead to repentance. He come to seek those, you know, that are lost to save those that are lost. And she said, amen. I said, whoo, thank you, Jesus. So we sitting there having us a good time and I'm ministering to him. And then another guy walked in, another black gentleman walked in and he was an older guy and he sat down and I'm, I'm ministering, just ministering to him and he listening so we was giving him the car to the church, and I said, we had to go. So as I was talking to him, my husband was talking to the young lady. So when I got up, and he said, um, he was interested, so I told him about the church, and he said, okay. And then the other black guy, he said, so you a pastor? I said, yes. He said, well, I'm bishop. <laughs> I said, hey, how, how are you doing? 
So he said, so I gave him the card. So when I, on my way out, the Lord had me to minister to this young girl. And she said, oh, she said, I need a church home and I'm about to cry. I'm about to cry because the Lord was just, just pouring into her what she needed. So me and my husband went outside and I heard the, the other bishop giving him directions. And I said, okay. So we went outside. The bishop come outside and gave us a card. He said, this is our church. I said, okay. Why am I saying all of this? Because you remember God said 911. What's your emergency? Lost souls. Everybody in that room had a different belief. A different belief. But God had me to go from Genesis on up to his grace, his mercy. And the God just sat there and just poured in on it. What am I saying? Everybody have a different way. That guy planted, the first guy, what did I do? I come in there and water, and guess what? God is going to give the increase. So we had all of those people in one waiting room talking about Jesus. So what am I telling you? Just because somebody say, I'm bishop, if that's who they choose to be, and that's how their congregation run, by that person being the bishop and the overseer, I don't have a problem. The only problem I have is don't get off the foundation. If you want to be called bishop, that's fine. If you want to be called pastor, that's fine. If you want to be called elder, that's fine. But let's do it according to the way he laid it out and not according to the way man think it need to be done. We want to do it his way and not our way. So when you hear those terms, bishop, that bishop in those churches are saying, I'm the overseer of all this. You're going to have to come to me. They put me over this district. That's what they do. But when God opened up doors of churches, he have the pastor in that church. And it ain't no other pastor can come in this church and tell me to do anything because I already know my foundation. But we're supposed to come together. All of us supposed to come together because we serve the same God. We have the same foundation. If a foundation is off, that's why you have apostles. Don't never invite an apostle. In a church, if you don't want to hear, that's not the foundation that's supposed to be laid. They're going to make sure things are the way they need to be in a church. I did not understand that, y'all. I did not even understand God called me to that until I asked myself. I had to ask the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, when I go in these churches, I open my mouth and rebuke come out. The first thing that come out, what's wrong with me? That's who I called you to be. Because if it's not right, you got to root it up and it got to be planted the way my foundation supposed to be. So some people hold back because they want to keep coming into these places and getting invited and get a name. But if these people in the church is not running these churches the way the words say they need to be run, God is going to send somebody in there because it's off. That's how Paul did. Paul went in there and said, uh-uh, that's not right. That's what we're supposed to do. You don't supposed to sugarcoat nothing. You're supposed to tell the truth because knowing the truth it's what make people free. And as long as you're in alignment with the truth, guess what? You're protected. So we need to quit this thing thinking. People think, oh, Miracle Temple think they're better than anybody else. No, that's not true. 
When you're getting taught truth, you're not going to stand for anything else. How can you shut your mouth when truth is not being taught? That's slapping God in the face. When somebody is wrong, you have to pull them aside and say, can I, can I talk to you? For, but don't let them call you up to the pulpit and say, I get, Missy, remember this. Yeah. You would have to call the people ahead of time. Before I would even go in these churches. And say, does she have free course in your church? Does she have the right to speak what the Lord want her to speak? That was the first thing Missy had to ask. And if they said yes, I got permission. But if they said no, I would have to pray and say, Lord, how do I bring it? Because they don't want it the way it should be brought. Guess what? The Lord's going to bring it to where somebody can get it. Give you another example. I told y'all this before. A lady invited me into the church, and I said, Lord, I don't know what to do in this church because it looked like it's all together. The Lord said, print off some pictures, a fish, a donut, and a piece of chicken. I said, Lord, what am I doing with a picture of a fish, a donut, and a piece of chicken? He said, print them off. I printed them off. I said, hell, make them pretty. Laminate them things for me. Didn't know. Following the Holy Ghost. So when I got there and I started teaching or preaching I said God said you cannot collect money having fish plates chicken plates and donuts the girl eyes got so big and she got up in front of everybody and said that's what we were doing but she didn't tell about the donuts so I said okay the donuts still sitting there little boy come out the back with some donuts say you want to buy some donuts She said, now, I didn't even want him to come out here with the donuts. I told about the fish and the chicken. Guess what? They're not in that building no more. Because she was trying to do it man's way. What am I saying? When God puts you in a position, nobody's changing my mind. I'm going to go in there and say what God said, whether you like it or not. It ain't about hurting feelings. It's about lost people. So you got to know how to bring what God say bring. And if they don't invite you back, you done what God told you to do. So we want to line things up according to his way and not our way. Some people say, like my husband used to duck up there on Judah when he was singing. He was trying to find a door to go out of. We do what God tell us to do. So Miracle Temple has a name, y'all. And people know where you go. You must go to Miracle Temple. Why would they ask you that? Can somebody tell me? Some of y'all don't want to tell them you go to Miracle Temple. You rather don't say nothing. Because when you ain't in agreement with me, you don't say nothing. It's not me you're in agreement with. It is God. So whatever God says, that's what we do. And we don't fall back on God to get people to like us. And things that you don't understand, get an understanding, and then you will know where I stand. Those that are against me, it's not for me. And if you're not for me, you're not for God. Because everything that I bring, I bring it according to him and not according to myself. So like I said, if people want to be called bishops, whatever church they're in, that's them. As long as they're teaching truth the way it should be taught. If that's how they set up, that's them. But we want to do it according to the way that God would have it to be done. Amen.
Does anybody have anything from the teachings that you have learned? Anyone? Nobody don't have nothing? Everybody's kind of silent tonight. Okay. Come on, Jennifer. I can always look over there. From my background, I can say we're, what we say is a hireling. When they're, when they're not doing it because they're called, but they just want a job or they think they want to preach. And they lord over people. I think that's a big source of hurt in the church and what turns people away from God. So I appreciate what we get in here and that we get truth and that we learn how to bring truth um, in love. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody else? I don't want to call you up by threes. It's according to deal with like you got Baptist, you got Methodist. Everybody have their different way of recognizing the top person. So they'll pull bishop because bishop in the Bible say overseer. So what they'll say is we're going to have an overseer over our churches that's going to oversee to make sure everything is right. And then we're going to set pastors in those churches, but the bishop is going to be the overseer of that pastor in those churches. That's their doctrine. That's what they believe. So in other words, the pastors are under them. Under them. But in in reality, they're not. If they're just the, they're just pastors. They're pastors. They're overseers. All of them are overseers. But they call themselves bishop, and that's they want them to see them as the overseers. So they say, you know, the board game. Isn't it a board <coughs> game that's got the bishops up there? Ain't that the big dog, the bishop? Chess. So that bishop, being that they say overseer, mean that they oversee in everything. As a pastor, the pastor oversees the church. But the bishop, they created that to say overseer. The pastor oversees too. But they put, I would say it like this, like apostles. You have apostle, you have prophet. So they're kind of setting up like that. But they're just using those terms interchangeably. I know y'all heard of the convocations. Yeah. I don't know too much about the convocations, but they have where they go to a, what is it? Somebody help me. And the churches come up under that district. Mm -hmm. So you have a bishop, a presiding bishop over that district. He may be over 250 churches. He may be over 100 churches. So you come that day and everything come up under that. So if something happened with one church, you got to check with the big church to get that done in that church, right? That's how they operate. And that's, I think some of them are up under holiness, Pentecostal. I think that's how that works. I'm not for sure. But the only thing I know is what the word says. But this is how they pulled it out and they set up their own groups. Mm -hmm. But that's not how God intended for it to be. Mm -hmm. But if that's how they roll, 
That's how they roll. But that's not God's way of doing it. That's man's way. So every year you have your convocation. And you go listen to that top man and go in there with this right here. Yeah, that Money. is the way that is the way they do it. That's just the way they do it. And if they choose to do it that way, that's them. But we want to make sure we're teaching the same thing. That's all. That's their way of doing it. But I'm going on the way the word says. Period. That's but whoever right. choose to do it that way, that's them. Miracle Temple, we're going to go on what the word says. That's it. That's right. Ain't going to be no presiding over nothing. If God say go set up a church over here, if that pastor is over there, you're going to be responsible for that church. The only time I'm going to come there if the foundation is off. I'm not going to go in there and try to run it. That pastor in that church is going to run that church because that's where he's supposed to be and that's where God told him to be. But just like Paul, he went to check on the church to make sure everything was in alignment. A prophet could go in that church. If they invite the prophet in the church, they get in that prophet lead way to go in that church and speak what God is. Everything come into alignment. That's all. I feel a pull up in here. Somebody's biting their tongue. That that you don't understand, see me, and we'll go in the word. Amen. Sometimes you get so used to things, and when you hear what's right, you got to root up what's already there. I'm just giving you scriptures out the word. I have not given you anything myself. It's right here in the word of God. And if you search it for yourself, go into Greek, you will know what the word is saying. And to get in it deeper, each church that Paul had, some of them just had prophets. Some of them had uh, apostles, elders. Some of them had deacons, elders. You didn't have some of the other ones in there. But they were running that church according to the foundation. You have to search it. That's right. Amen. Do we have any announcements?